I see all the time how God uses her to mold and shape me. In fact, most nights I tell her, I just, you know, Sarah, I praise God that you're in my life. Their marriage ended in divorce, but that's not the end of the story. Coming up next on First Person, you'll hear the story of Rick and Sarah Warren. Welcome to this week's program. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Before we get to the interview, please take a moment to visit us online when you get a chance. At firstpersoninterview.com, you'll find out more about our guests, but you'll also find an archive of past programs you may have missed. Plus, you'll learn more about the Far East Broadcasting Company who makes this program possible. There at the website, you can register to receive a terrific online devotional from FEBC that will tell you listeners' stories from around the world that tie into what God may want for you each day. Go to firstpersoninterview.com. And also look for us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. Our guest refers to himself as the other Rick Warren, not to be confused with a Southern California pastor. This Rick Warren is a businessman from Detroit whose journey with Christ began later in life and changed his life forever. I invite you to listen as Rick tells the story of God bringing hope and healing to a broken marriage. Early on in the marriage, five years into the marriage, one day I came home uh, and we generally went out on Friday nights. And so uh, we were going out, we had babysitter, we went out and we sat down at a restaurant and Sarah looked at me in the face and she said, uh, Rick, um, tell me, are you having, are you having an affair? Oh. And the only smart thing I did, which I didn't do many smart things in this whole situation, is I admitted to it. Mm. I told her that it was true. Guilty as charged. Huh? Guilty as charged. Um, and unfortunately, that went on for a long time. It went on for nine years. And Sarah stayed in the marriage during that. She was aware of the affair? For nine years? Yes. Wow. And stayed in the marriage. What kept her together with you? Um, you know, I, I don't know. Hmm. She's asked herself that, as you can imagine, mm -hmm. many, many, many times. And she would advise any person that's going through what she went through not to do that. Hmm. You know, She read James Dobson's book, Tough Love, and she wished that she would have exercised a little bit of it. Hmm. So, uh, But in any event, after nine years, we came to the conclusion together that it was probably wise for us to get divorced. So our daughters at the time were 12 and 10, and uh, we filed for divorce. Now, I had, was a person that had gone to church as a kid. Uh, I didn't realize that it was a fairly liberal church, but it was, and I would have told you that I was a Christian. Got out of high school, stopped going to church. Uh, maybe Christmas and Easter with my parents, but that was about it. Um, when we got married and had children, Sarah and I were pretty much in the same boat. She had gone to church until graduating from high school and then didn't go much after that. So we decided, you know, our parents took us to church. We should take our children to church. So we did. Uh, so we were church going as a family. Um, and I gave the church a little bit of money, so they put me on the board of 
trustees, but uh, it wasn't because I was a godly person, and they, they didn't know whether I was or wasn't. But it made you feel pretty good? I felt pretty good. Felt like you were doing all the right yeah, things? I'm doing and, the right stuff. I'm yeah. taking my kids to church. I'm on the board at the church. I'm, I'm doing the right things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but finally, as I mentioned, we decided that it was really it would be the best thing for all of us to get divorced. And, and uh, so we had filed, and three women that worked for me started to confront me. Hmm. Uh, one gal was the receptionist, and she was probably one of the toughest. And you think about that. I own the business. Right. She uh, is the receptionist, and she starts to confront me. And she says, Mr. Warren, how can you get a divorce if you're a Christian? And I looked at her very strangely and said, you know, the state of Michigan hands out divorces all the time. I don't think it's that difficult. And then she looked me right square in the face and she said, tell me about your faith. And I looked back at her and said, what do you mean? Hmm. And she said, what do you believe? I said, what do you mean? She said, do you believe in heaven, Mr. Warren? I said, I'm hoping there's a heaven. I'd like to see my grandparents someday. That'd be a really neat thing. She says, do you believe in hell? And I looked at her again and said, I certainly hope there's no hell, because remember, I've been cheating on my wife for nine years. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I knew the word for that was sin, but I didn't know it wasn't the right thing to be doing, because I wouldn't have been trying to hide it. Mm -hmm. And um, she then said to me, by this time she knew I wasn't a Christian, (laughs) and she said, well, what do you believe about Jesus Christ? Boy, she was taking a risk as an employee, was confronting the boss, right? Big time. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't know what I believed. But she then handed me a video, and she said, would you be willing to watch a video? She said, you have your kids on the weekends. They're old enough. They're playing with friends. You, got you can find an hour to watch this video. And so I did. And... I'm not going to tell you who I listened to, (laughs) but uh, I started to listen to him, and I didn't much like him. Hmm. He kept saying, now listen. Now listen. (laughs) And I thought, I'm listening. Okay. Okay. I think I know who you mean, but go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) But what I did pick up is he was highly intelligent, and he seemed, from what I could gather, to genuinely believe what he was saying. And so I kept listening just as he had instructed. and But I got thinking as I was going through it, I said, you know, this guy's just a good salesman. I'm mm. going to get at the end of this, and he's going to ask for money. He's just really after money. I got to the end of it. He didn't ask for money. Oh. So it kept me coming back. This was in April of 1998 that I first listened to him. Uh, I took the video back to her. She said to me, you know, did you like it? I said, he was all right. She said, you know, he's on every single Sunday morning. You can turn him on TV at 9 o'clock. In fact, she said, you can watch him before you go to church on Sunday. (laughs) I had no intention, Wayne, to ever do that. (laughs) But yet, every Sunday morning, I started turning him on. The Spirit was leading you there. Four months later, in August of 1998, I don't know what he said that day. I don't know what convicted me. I don't know which Sunday in 1998 it was, but I know it was a Sunday in August of 1998 
whatever he said got my attention. And I fell down by my bed and I just started bawling. Hmm. And I gave my life to Christ. It was real that time. It was real. Hmm. And um, now I would like to tell you everything changed and I was just truly the new creation that we are, but that I was fully sanctified, <laughs> but I wasn't. <laughs> wasn't quite that simple? It wasn't quite that simple. So the divorce happened. The divorce happened three weeks later. Hmm. Those, those same women bought me a Ryrie study Bible. I started reading the Bible every day. It started to really make sense to me. They told me about Christian radio and that this gentleman was on Christian radio. So I started listening and I started hearing a lot of other really good pastors. And I started, it just started to get into me as it says in Romans 12 to no longer be conformed to this world, mm-hmm. but be transformed. And God, I had so much sin in my life, particularly sexual sin, but God started to just pull it apart one, like an onion, one layer at a time. Had the affair ended before all this happened? No. Um, shortly thereafter, though, interestingly enough, shortly after we were uh, separated, it ended. But, uh, um, and and I don't even remember kind of why or how it ended, but it ended. Hmm. And, uh, and so then, um, you know, I... Uh, like I said, I started to grow in my walk with Christ. I started to learn more and more. I met another woman. Um, I had gone to a counselor. I had heard on the radio about two years into the divorce that if you were divorced, you should try to reconcile with your ex-wife. I went to a, a counselor and uh, obviously wasn't a Christian counselor. Talked to him and he gave me some strange advice, a verse that didn't make any sense, you know, but, you know, never turn around and look at the plow <laughs> as you're plowing. <laughs> Don't look backwards. And I, I realize now it made no sense uh, hmm. what he was saying, but, you know, he just said, go on with your life. Yeah. But, but let me stop you. Sure. How would you characterize the divorce? A lot of people say, well, we're, we're still friends. We're just not married and living together anymore. How would you characterize your divorce? Well, I would say it was a, you know, fairly amicable divorce. I, I think both of us did everything we could to make it amicable for the kids. But to say that she liked me, I would say was probably not a very accurate mm-hmm thing to say. And how did you feel about her? Um, you know, there were, by the time we got divorced, there were things I didn't like. And I, I, you know, I thought at that point that I didn't love her. And, um, so, um, you know, we didn't have, but we tried for the kids. I picked the kids up every day for school. Uh, you know, we tried to do everything we could to make it good. For appearance sake, really. That's what it comes down to, isn't it? And, uh, you know, uh, we had uh, a good financial settlement for her where she didn't have to work the rest of her life. Um, but even then, there were months where she would ask me for more money and I'd give it to her. And so just um, just trying to keep peace, particularly for the kids. As you may guess, there is a lot more to Rick Warren's story and you'll hear it coming up in just a moment on First Person. I'm Ed Cannon of the Far East Broadcasting Company. As you listen to First Person, please take a few moments to visit our website and learn more about FEBC. 
At firstpersoninterview.com, you can sign up without obligation for a free daily online devotional that will inspire you with stories and scripture telling how God works through our broadcasts in many countries. Learn more and sign up for our 30-day devotional at firstpersoninterview.com. My guest is Rick Warren. Rick is a businessman from the Detroit area, and I know it's not the principal priority of your life now, but tell us about your business, Rick. What, what do you do for a living? My main business is a forging business. We forge, heat treat, machine, copper, and aluminum parts, um, and, uh, and other non-ferrous parts. We sell into multiple industries. We s- sell into the aerospace, the astrospace, semiconductor, and multiple other industries. Mm-hmm. We're telling your story of how God has redeemed not only your life, but your marriage as well. And uh, we'll get to the, more of the full story. But what you've told us thus far, I don't think you mentioned that you were an alcoholic at one point in your life as well. Yeah, I was. I got, uh, I got sober, stopped drinking um, 28 years ago now. But at the time when uh, I was getting divorced, I'd probably been sober about 10 years. Okay. All right. So you and Sarah went through with a divorce. We did. And how long into the divorce did things begin to change a little bit in your own heart? It didn't change for a while. I mean, I just tried to be friends, uh, but I don't think much changed in my heart. But the same pastor that I listened to when I came to Christ, one of the things that he talks about often, and I continue to listen to him to this day, but he talks about often is when you're praying, to spend time listening to God, not just speaking to God. Mm-hmm. And so about four years, three and a half years into the divorce, I'd met another woman. I was dating her, fairly serious with her. She had come to Christ. She got baptized as I had. And um, so, you know, fairly serious relationship. Um, but I was... I took to heart what the pastor was saying to start listening more to God. So I would get up every morning and I would do my quiet time and I would spend a half hour or so just on my knees with my Bible open listening to God. And I went six, seven weeks. I thought, I'm hearing nothing. This isn't working. You know? <laughs> God's not speaking to me. And one day I was praying and God just really laid on my heart that he wanted me to break up with this other person and he wanted me to reconcile with Sarah and get remarried. And so that day, I called the woman up. I went to lunch with her. I told her that we needed to break up and that I was going to try to reconcile with my wife. And she was very, very gracious, and I'm very grateful for that. And she said, you know, um, I thought, you know, we might get married someday, but I know you love Jesus more than you do me, and you're going to follow what he's telling you to do. And so um, I called one of the women that had led me to Christ and told her what I was going to do. And she said, be careful. She said, you know, you guys didn't get along real well. You, You need to be cautious. So I said, well, what should I do? She said, why don't you go talk to your pastor? So I did. And I went and talked to my pastor and he laughed at me. And not that I had, uh, he said, well, I don't know if you heard God's voice, but what you heard was biblical. Hmm. And so he then encouraged me 
Uh, we, we read through 1 Corinthians 7 together. We talked about that. He encouraged me to then go and ask Sarah to forgive me for what I had done to her. And I said, as I was walking out of his office, so I said, should I reconcile, try to get remarried? And he goes, just ask her to forgive you. <laughs> One step at a One time. One step yeah. at a time. <laughs> And so I did that, and I don't know if she forgave me because she felt sorry for me as I was crying and asking her to forgive me, but uh, she said she could forgive. She wasn't sure she could ever forget. That's understandable, sure. Three weeks later, I come home from church one Sunday. It's in February. I sit down. I'm ready to watch a basketball game, and God just laid on my heart, you know, like I thought I told you to remarry Sarah. Hmm. And he and I argued for a while that that afternoon together. And uh, later that afternoon, I went over to ask her if she would remarry me. And she said, Rick, you know, you got a girlfriend. I got a boyfriend. I'm very happy. <laughs> I got a good life. Uh, no, I'm not too interested in that. And I just asked her to pray about it. And I asked her if she would meet one time with our pastor. She did that. Ultimately, we ended up going to a marriage conference at our church. You weren't married. You weren't remarried when you went to the conference. No. And at noon, she said to me, "Rick, you know this isn't working. I'm going to leave." So I said to the gentleman that was conducting the conference, "You know this. You know we're not married. This isn't going to work." And uh, he said, "You know, how about if I pray for you and your wife, so or ex-wife?" And so he did. And after he got done praying. Uh, we decided to stay that afternoon. We left that day and walking to our cars, she said, you know, Rick, this was really good. We'll be better partners raising the kids, but we're not getting remarried. <laughs> and once again, I just said, Sarah, just please pray about it. So a month later, she came over to my house and she asked me a question. She said, why would you want to remarry me? You don't like me. You don't love me. Why would you want to do that? And the old Rick, before knowing Christ, I would have lied. I would say, well, no, I really do love you, you know. You would just try to win her over, huh? Yeah. But instead, I told her what I have just told you about how God spoke to me. Hmm. And she looked at me, and she's a little bit sarcastic, and she looked at me, and she laughed, and she said, well, you got a lot more faith than I do. <laughs> and I said, I don't know about that, but I'm going to do what God's asking me to do. And I'd like you to continue to pray about it. One month later, she came back to pick up the girls one night. And she said, you know, I've been thinking about it. She didn't say she'd been praying about it, but she said, I've been thinking about it. And she says, I want to get remarried. And I said, okay. And so then she started putting me to the test. She said, I want to get remarried next week. Boy. I said, Okay. And she said, are, are you so presumptuous? I said, what do you mean? She says, do you already have a prenuptial agreement prepared? I said, no. Because you see, Wayne, the first time we got married, I wouldn't marry her without a prenuptial agreement. Oh, I see. All right. Okay. So she was putting you to the test the second time around. Yeah. yeah. And then I said to her, Sarah, there's not going to be a prenuptial agreement. We have our children together, so if one of us dies, it's no problem. And I said, uh, and we're never getting divorced, so we don't need a prenuptial agreement. 
So long story short, Wayne, a week later, we got married and our daughters uh, <laughs> stood up with us at the wedding and there weren't many there. There were probably six people in the room. Well, someone listening right now, Rick, is in the throes of thinking their marriage is over. Uh, your word to them today, what, what would the Lord say to them? Well, God gives me an opportunity through my church and through other sources to meet with a lot of people that they're struggling in marriages. And I'll tell your listeners or who's ever listening the same thing I tell them. It's never over. Never give up on it. Um, if you're the husband, do whatever you can to love your wife as Christ loved the church, even if she's not respecting you. Hmm. When you read that in Ephesians, it doesn't say love your wife as Christ loved the church if she respects me. It says, love your wife as Christ loved the church. And Period. He, he went to the yeah. cross for, for the church. Right. And secondly, if you're the wife, respect your husband, even if he's not loving you. Has it been easy for you and for Sarah? No, it was very difficult. We, we, it was very difficult. Um, you can only imagine going on a honeymoon where you don't really like each other. Hmm. How long have you been remarried now? Fifteen years. Now, one of the things that I will tell you, when we were getting remarried, I heard a pastor from Oklahoma say that 90% of the time when couples get remarried to each other, they get divorced. Because the same thing that went wrong the first time goes wrong the second time. But he also said, and I've heard this statistic since then, that if Christian couples, both being Christians, born-again Christians, will pray together every day, less than one-tenth of one percent get divorced. So you made that commitment. I did. And Sarah didn't want to do that. But I would just grab her hand every night and pray with her. Maybe one minute, maybe two minutes, but just pray. And... Um, even if I was out of town or she was, we would, on the phone, we would pray together and still do. How would you characterize your love for each other after these 15 years of remarriage? I don't think uh, we could have a stronger marriage. And I say that, but yet it seems to get stronger each day. I look forward to uh, what next year is going to be. And believe me, we have problems, okay? It's, but the foundation is Christ. The foundation is Christ. And I, I see all the time how God uses her to mold and shape me. And, um, and I just appreciate her more and more and more every day. Um, again, not perfect, and either one. We're still, we're still. Our flesh comes out once in a while, and we still. Um, but I couldn't ask for anything greater. And I, in fact, most nights I, I tell her, I just, you know, Sarah, I praise God that you're in my life. Rick and Sarah Warren are deeply involved in ministry today as they share a passion for the gospel. In addition to their church, Rick is heavily involved in a number of ministries and nonprofit organizations. For more about our guest, the other Rick Warren, please visit firstpersoninterview.com. You can also listen again to this interview or go back over parts you may have missed by listening at firstpersoninterview.com. And then I invite you to receive a free 30-day online devotional from the Far East Broadcasting Company. Over the course of 30 days, you'll receive a devotional to your inbox that will inspire you with a listener's story and challenge you with the Word of God. You can register without charge or obligation when you visit firstpersoninterview.com. 
And don't forget Facebook.com slash First Person Interview. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Join us next time for First Person. First Person.